people told me I couldn't do a lot of things. I feel like I'm the chosen one. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. All we are is proud and passionate. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the Nothing matters but winning. Welcome back to episode 73 of Rapsville Weekly. I'm your co-host, Gabriel Chelio, alongside Adam Kasucci. And today we're going to be breaking down the trade deadline, the big move that occurred in the Raptors uh, team. And also we're going to talk a little bit about the two games that have passed. Um, but most importantly, we're going to try focusing on that trade because it is a big one, very important, and uh, kind of changing of our team dynamic here. Before we get into that, as always, please like and subscribe to the channel. Check us out on Instagram at Rapsville for NBA news and Raptors content. And most importantly, leave your comments down below. Let us know your opinions on these trades because uh, it was pretty drastic. A uh, fan favorite, Norman Powell, sadly had to leave the team. All right, so let's start on trade deadline day. Uh, going into this, I knew that I had a midterm for school, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and I had a, a feeling that for some reason I was going to see a move around 10.35. I thought that was the time where there was going to be a big trade and I was going to miss it. And Adam likes to sleep in, so I knew he'd be out till 12, and we wouldn't find the news out till later and let you guys know. But my exam finishes and no trades. And I'm like, okay, what are we waiting for? There's a little bit of news on Lowry, teams that are interested, but nothing has happened yet. And then right after, we had a departure of a, a dear friend of ours, a beloved player, someone we really enjoy watching, Nikola Vucevic, the Vuce, yep. as we call him. Uh, sadly, he got traded away. But it was to the Chicago Bulls, and I think that's a great pickup for them. If you want to touch upon that briefly, I feel like they could use someone like him, another star player, didn't give away too much, two younger pieces and two picks, which had the value in the trade there. But I think a strong deal for Nikola Vucevic could move for Chicago. Adam, would you agree? Yeah, it's a. I think it's a great move, partnering with Zach Levine there and uh, getting rid of, of – they have a lot of young, talented players Chicago – uh, but I wouldn't say they're, they're top-notch talented players, like, like four or five-star talented players. So they kind of, they kind of got rid of those uh, younger guys and kind of picked up a, a veteran in Nikola Vucevic, an all-star. He's playing his best basketball of his career. Um, I think this is a steal for Chicago. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a totally great move. Yeah, so that happened. And then Orlando decided to blow up the team a little bit more. They gave away Fournier to Boston for two second-round picks, which I think might have been the biggest steal of all of the yeah. trade deadline day. Uh, two second-rounders for a starting point guard uh, who's been playing quite well this season. I say We've watched a bit of Magic games. And I think he's been a great performer for them, great scorer. And then after they even decided to give away Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets for RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, uh, Orlando really just blew it up there. And I'm kind of disappointed that the Raptors didn't get their piece of the pie here. Fournier for two second rounders, something we easily could have offered if we tried or even giving them first rounders. We could have had him off the bench, that veteran presence that we needed, some scoring. He would have fit perfectly for us, would have been great. And then Vucevic for two young guys in picks. We could have offered our picks. We're doing quite bad this year, so our picks are kind of valuable. And if we were looking to give away Norm, he could have maybe gotten involved in that trade for Vucevic, a star center, something we need to fill the gaps. But we didn't touch that. Instead, the entire day was kind of full of Kyle Lowry rumors. Is he going to go here? Is he going to go there? This team is on the one yard. Philly's on the one yard line of getting him. The Lakers are involved. Miami's the biggest leader. It was just going back and forth. There was so much noise on where, where Kyle was going to go. But the day was just passing by and no move was made. And then out of nowhere, around 12 o'clock-ish, we just found out, off of Woj, which just tweeted, Norman Powell has been traded to the Portland Trailblazers. 
for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. That's it. It was just off the out of the blue, random, quick, no rumors, and the trade just happened, and everyone was shocked because you know apparently there was offers in the teens. There was like maybe 15, 16 trade offers from Norman Powell, and we settled on this one, and we were kind of taken aback and. You know, there's so much on Kyle Lowry that we were kind of worried. When's Kyle getting moved? When's, what, is he going to get moved next? What's going to happen here? Maybe is Trent and Hood, are they assets that we're going to involve in a Lowry trade to Miami who didn't really want to give up Hero or the Lakers who didn't really want to give up Taylor Horton Tucker? Is this an extra asset? And then Miami was doing a lot of small moves. Uh, and I was thinking maybe they were also getting their assets ready for a trade. And we were getting closer and closer to the deadline, 2.30, 2.45. It felt like New Year's Eve. We were just counting down yeah. 10. Nine, eight, but it, it just kept going. And then right at three o'clock hit, we heard nothing. We thought it's over. They're saying trades can still happen after the deadline. They can still be announced. And then we find out Boj tweets again, Kyle Lowry will not be moved. So Adam, what is your initial reaction? I guess, you know, let's stick in the norm trade first. What was your initial reaction to the Norman Powell trade? Yeah, really upset, really upset. I thought Norm was a loyal guy uh, to the city, uh, to the organization, I thought he was, he's been a great player throughout his tenure here in Toronto. Um, he's helped a lot of guys develop, our, our young guys, uh, Terrence Davis, uh, Malachi Flynn, he's, he's really helped. So he, he has been a, kind of a role model to some of the younger guys we've had, and he's really picked up his game. I think it's like 30 games he got in a row uh, double-digit scoring, which is, which is really tremendous. And uh, he, he's playing at an all-star level right now. And for us to give him away, for Gary Trent Jr. and Ronnie Hood, I just feel like that's that's not enough. Uh, I know you were saying that maybe if uh, Masai did add in uh, a first-round pick, yeah. uh, so a first-round pick, Trent Jr. and Hood, that would be okay. But in my opinion, I, I think that Norm is more valuable than that. I think he's a great defender. I think Norm is obviously the great scorer that he is. He has room to grow in, in the playmaking department. And he was just, he was rising. He was rising up and, uh, he was, he was at the, kind of the pinnacle of his career, I feel. And, uh, it's just the worst time to give him away. I mean, and now, now I think the good part is that we don't have to pay him. We don't have to use that salary space. But, uh, I think he was the guy providing and was the guy producing for us. So it's just, it's a lose-lose, I feel here. And now, and now we keep Lowry, which is good. I'm very happy, but I rather have kept both of them and have to deal with this, the salary issue. Because I feel now giving away Norman Powell, the scoring will be will be very challenging for this Toronto team. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the point about the salary. So that was what one of the, the reasons, I guess, the move was going to happen, was we knew that Norman's been playing fantastic, 100%. Fantastic player, fantastic scorer, best yeah. season of his career, huge step up, and it's been phenomenal seeing him play. And the only rumor was because of this, um, he was going to want more money. And we knew the contract was going to be kind of hefty, and this avoids us paying him. So that's what I knew we were going to make a move, but there were so many offers, and there were, for some reason we settled on this trade. I think a pick would have made it a little bit better. You know, draft picks are valuable for younger pieces. You know what the Raptors can do in, in drafting. They can make second-round mm-hmm. picks like Norman Powell turn into, you know, this uh, fantastic player that he is. So I think a pick would have been making it better. Uh, even then, I think that would just made it an okay trade. I feel like the trade as it stands is a little undervalued, uh, not the best trade. I feel like out of all the options, him settling on this one is a little weird. Um, but, you know, we got to look at there is an upside to this, and there is a reason, right? Okay, so we compare ages. We have yeah. Gary Trent Jr., 22 years old, Norman Powell, I think, turning 28 in two months. Uh, 
similar playing styles, uh, you know, scoring, similar type of role. Obviously, Powell being the more dominant for his time, but Trent being younger, better than Norm was at this age, obviously. Norm came in the league very raw, and we built him up. So there's potential there. And then contracts, Trent's on like a 1.6, but he's expiring, so I don't know how much he's going to ask for. That's to be undetermined. And then Rodney Hood was also uh, involved in this to make the contracts work, right? You got 10 million for a 10 million swing pretty much. And then Trent was the value. So we know Rodney Hood, Adam, we saw him in this play these past couple of games. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think he's exactly what you said. Just a contract filler. Um, I think Nick Nurse is really valuing him very high, uh, playing him as the sixth man uh, is in the Phoenix game. And I uh, don't think he fits that role. But uh, yeah, I think Gary Trent is the guy I really want to talk about. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not expecting him to produce Norm's numbers right off the bat. Obviously, he's getting used to the system. But I did watch I did watch his interview, uh, his first interview for the Raptors, and he's really optimistic about pl- with playing with the guys. And he's a really nice guy. He seems like he's like a, a learning sponge, and he he wants to like really gel with the guys. And he seems like a really nice person. So I'm not too worried about him. I think he'll fit in soon. I just don't think he'll have the same impact that Norm had on the team. Yeah. And uh, and it's gonna be tough for us. I mean. I don't know. I think Gary Trent will average maybe like I think 12 to 15 points uh, with us, and Norm's going to be averaging over 20. So I just I don't see I don't see the value in that. I just I don't see the the upside. How that made our team better, and Hood being a guy that's kind of just another guy, eighth ninth rotation guy that just that isn't playing well right now. Like it's just it's the, such a tough situation for the Raptors. I I understand. I think in terms of immediate effect. We've taken a downgrade, obviously. We got, we, got, we got worse players in return. We know that. I think long-term, they can look at Trent as another young piece to possibly build around. Um, it's just like, it's a battle here because we're getting a little bit worse and people are talking about tanking for a pick or doing worse for a pick. We're set up for a good draft pick right now, so obviously that's a thing. Um, but we're also racing against time with Kyle Lowry, a player that now we don't know what he's going to do in free agency, but he is getting to near the end. And a player that helps with his veteran experience, all-star uh, caliber, uh, you know, capabilities to push this team to a playoff run. When he's gone, you take another step back type thing in terms of yeah. having like a veteran, someone that's playoff build. Like he kind of has his name established. So once he's gone, you lose that. And now you go fully young. The push for a playoff run in the short term could be affected because then he's going to leave and he's going to have not the best team around him. And then it's like more of this is looks this is looking like a, a, a three year down the road. Thing. Like when Kyle might take a step out or four years or something, then you got, uh, you know, Fred, OG, Pascal all hitting more of their prime years and Trent being another guy who was coming up on his prime. I feel like that's how this team is set up to be built because of bringing in this young piece. As of right now, I, I agree with you. I think we're taking a step back and this isn't going to result in any uh, great wins anytime soon. I can see the development being uh, in place. So this leads me to a question, Adam. Do you think, I've had someone uh, bring this up to me, do you think that we should maybe, we know that the team's taking a step back and I don't feel like we're going to make the playoffs at this rate. Do you think we should try getting more minutes to the younger players and build on their development in these games in the season? Because we know the season's kind of a, not looking the best in terms of a playoff spot. Letting them get developing minutes instead of focusing on the starters and trying to trying to squeeze in the, the eighth seed? This is a tough decision. This is a tough decision. I, I I really think it is. Um, but in my opinion, um, the way I think is you always go out there to win. And uh, l- looking at at the franchise and its shape, 
you 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 maybe want to get uh, you maybe want to go for the tanking situation and you want to get that high that high draft pick. But I do think that they should go for the eighth seed. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, teams get hot at, at the right time, and then you have yourself winning a round or two, and you're right there, and you're challenging for the the championship. So I totally think we should go for the eighth seed. Um, I just I also think that uh, that that nurse he's he's really gotta make use of the players he has. But for the Kyle situation, um, I can't really see the team without him. But I do think that we did lo- uh, lose value uh, by not trading him at this trade deadline. I think this would would have been the most valuable time to get any pieces out of them. I know Miami, there were some pieces uh, that they didn't want to give up. I think it was Tyler Hero. And uh, and we could have also got some other guys like Duncan Robinson, uh, Kelly Olynyk, And uh, we, did, we didn't make any of those moves. I think the Lakers were interested, but they didn't want to give away uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, yep. which kind of made it difficult. And yeah, and I just didn't, didn't understand, even if we did get rid of Kyle for a big man, I thought that would have been okay, like a Montres Harrell or, yep. or, or or any other an other type of big man uh, that we could have got because we're we, we're not filling this void, this void of this center that's that that's not been able to be uh, be replaced here, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just the same issues every game, like you said, and uh, it's been a problem. Yeah. Okay, I, we'll get back to the the Trent stuff when we talk about uh, the game and his performances, and maybe touch upon Norm again. So moving into this Kyle Lowry situation here, like you said. Um, obviously, we're we're glad that he stayed. You know, longtime Raptor, uh, obviously so loyal, so dedicated, the greatest Raptor of all time. It'd be fantastic to see him retire here, or you know, even departing. It would be sad to see his last game in in Tampa, not even in Scotiabank Arena, with fans giving him a standing ovation. It just felt like a a cheap exit, if that was the reason. Ending off with some deuces as his sign out. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that that we he stayed for that reason. In terms of the business standpoint, then. Masai is a tough decision. It's loyalty or value because right now uh, Kyle's probably at the, the peak of his, well, obviously he was valuable three years ago, but in terms of now, you know, it's now or never. His value, this this uh, trade block, it's going to go downhill from here because he's going to continue to get older and maybe teams that are trying to do a playoff push won't be looking for him as much as they would have. And Masai drove a hard bargain, what he thought Kyle was worth. Um, so we can respect that, um, his his desire to get a lot in return. Um, but, you know, now Kyle's going to be worth less as the years go on. And his contract situation when we resign him is going to also be a little bit of a problem. If he doesn't want to take too much of a pay cut, that's going to ruin our chances of picking up someone else and possibly making a playoff run next year. So not moving him was in, uh, was an interesting piece. I feel like if Miami, it came out that, I don't know if this was true, that they offered Duncan Robb, Precious Ochoa, um, Kendrick Nunn, and Olenek. If if that was true, those four pieces, I feel like there's a lot of value, a lot of young players, bench players that we could have because our bench has been horrible in terms of scoring. I feel like that trade is so monumental that it should have been pulled upon. Um, I know we also asked for Maxi, Thibel, two first-rounders. It's similar to the Vooch trade. Vooch is an all-star, two young guys, two picks. I didn't think it was a horrible trade, that, uh, but Philly didn't want to pull it. So I understand Masai didn't want to go lower than that. I think that makes sense. And then I thought LA was a little bit unreasonable. Taylor Horton Tucker, like we weren't asking for, you know, Hero's great, and so is Taylor Horton Tucker, but they're not like uh, untouchable in my opinion. Especially Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, I feel like we, it would have been a, a decent trade. So I understand Masai didn't get what he wanted. Um, I'm not sure exactly. We don't know for sure, you know, how the trades look. I, I feel like a, a big man. We needed to address that problem. This trade uh, block that was our biggest problem. Last in rebounding in the league. And we didn't address it. That's the one thing I have a problem with. 
Yeah. No, the, the big man situation, uh, it, it's so tough. And uh, but personally, I thought the where the trigger should have been pulled was the norm. Uh, when Cleveland offered uh, to get Norm and we received Drummond, I thought that was the best deal we could have got this whole free agency and this whole trade deadline thing. I really feel that uh, that, that was the deal. Uh, Drummond solves all, all of our problems, basically. And instead, we got a replacement in Trent and we got another bench player in Hood. So it's just, it's kind of, you kind of really shake the head and you really say, what's Masai doing here? Because he really was offered... Drummond, a guy that will solve your problems, and Cleveland, Cleveland asked for it. It's not like we offered it, and Cleveland is, it yeah, is is turning it down. It's just, uh, it's just a strange situation. Yeah, there was reports backing that, so I I think that is true. And if that's true, like that's, I don't know how that didn't go through. I don't know how, because Drummond is obviously you know better than Trent Hood and all these other offers combined, and he filled the, the what we needed. So I, I don't know how that trade didn't happen. And that has a huge impact on this franchise. Now, obviously, Drummond has been bought out. So has LaMarcus Aldridge. In this next segment we had planned, me and Adam talked about LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond and why the Raptors should try making a move for them after they've been bought out. And neither moves were made. We know that Drummond was interested in multiple teams. He was going to be talking with Charlotte, Boston, the Lakers, the Clippers. But our names was, wasn't attached to that. And LaMarcus Aldridge, his name was attached to the Heat. So we were confused on why the Raptors weren't making a move. And Nurse did mention it uh, post-game, hinting to Masai and Bobby that they should make a move and look at one of these guys, bought out guys, to fill in that center gap that we needed. Um, and now uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has somehow managed to get a veteran's minimum to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, adding to their stacked roster. And Andre Drummond is about maybe a day away, could be hours away from uh, signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. So clearly both of them are gone. That takes out our center. Two good, possible good big men that we could have brought in to our team that we desperately needed. And now it looks like we're running out of options. So the big question is, why weren't the Raptors getting involved in these talks? And why didn't we try making a move for these two, obviously, high-caliber high players? Now getting rid of the contract situation in, in Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas... So it opens up a little bit more of a salary in the Toronto perspective. Plus the two roster spots. Those guys are clearing two roster spots. We're two men down here. We've got two empty spots. What are we waiting for? Is this for Ellenson? Is this for Elise Johnson if the, if the Nets don't take him? What are we using this space for? We need a big man. It's clear. We're the worst in that department. We're playing a small ball starting lineup. We're getting Eden on rebounds game in and game out. Those are the people that are dominating. DeAndre Eden had a field day the last game. Um so what are we going to do? There's obviously those big names. There's even smaller guys like, like Dang, who just got waived by the, the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Or do we just take any center that's, you know, and has a name in the league as an option? I don't know. Even uh, you know, Jeff T got waived by the Magic. Um, do we look at him off the bench as a scoring option? We have, we have two spots. What are we using these spots for? They must be plugged soon, I'm assuming. The two, two roster spots, we can't just leave it like this. I don't think bringing up another two G League guys... Yeah. would be the most ideal thing. I mean, if someone's really playing well in the G League, uh, I totally understand, but I think we pick up two free agent guys and, and veterans uh, off the bench if we're making this push for the eighth seed. If we're not, if we're trying to tank, then I don't mind bringing up the G League guys and getting them some experience, some reps at the NBA level. But if not, then I don't, th- then I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. 
Okay, I think we've covered these topics pretty well. I say we move into the games, and then on top of that, we will get into kind of Trent and Hood and a little bit of Norm. Um, quickly, we did the Denver game first. The Raptors finally broke their losing streak nine games later. We we bet the Denver Nuggets 135-111, a nice blowout. Finally, some morale in the team. Uh, we just played, you know, very strong first, uh, pretty much the entire game. We almost won every quarter. We just played really well. Uh, did a good job of slowing down Jokic at first. Um, kind of double teamed him and Murray a lot, and that they, we could, they kind of banked on their other shooters, and they weren't shooting that well. Uh, so we kind of got lucky there. Was forcing the other teams to make up their their for their stars. And Will Barton shot zero for eight this game. That was one of the reasons that yeah. you know we had a chance. Paul Millsap five for ten. Dozier two for seven. Aji one for six. Campazzo two for six. Just no one shot too well in their team. We just we were shooting really well, and they weren't. 51% from the field for us and 50% from three. Uh, finally, right? Finally. Uh, Pascal Siakam had 27 points, eight boards, six assists, eight for 16 shooting, a steal and a block. OG 23, six and three, eight for 16, a steal and a block. Both those guys I thought played great on both ends, uh, playing a little bit undersized there, obviously against Jokic, double teaming and even scoring offensively. They were, they were leading the team well. Kyle, a little bit more of a backseat this game, eight points, five boards, nine assists. Fred, 19 points, 5 for 12 shooting, uh, contributing in the scoring department. And then Norm, another great game, 22 points, 2 boards, 3 assists, 8 for 12 shooting. Sad to see him go. And then Paul Watson off the bench, 12 points, 6 boards, 2 assists. Good production from him, helping that bench unit. And Bembry, 9 points, 7 boards, 4 assists. Both had 20 minutes in the night. And then Boucher, obviously, getting his 16 minutes a game, 7 points, 6 boards. I thought we had more production off the bench this game. Um, everyone was kind of just playing well. There was a, a nice morale boost, and I thought that that was kind of the reason we won this game. Easy. Yep, all of our, our starters really shot the ball well. I think that was the key, and also, and also, like you said, the bench unit. Uh, once we get over 20 points, I really think it's a good bench night, especially for the guys we have. Uh, Bembry putting in a good performance, and Watson uh, really standing out on the bench, and I thought those were the two guys that, that really helped us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this was one of our best games of the season. I thought we did a, a great job, even though Jokic's stats might have looked good at, at 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. We, we really made it tough on him. He had four turnovers. He was uh, very frustrated. Uh, OG played physical defense on him as the matchup, and I, I, thought, we, I thought we played well. All around, uh, we, we really, really kept Denver's players uh, to a limit, basically. Uh, Murray didn't go off, only 20 points, two rebounds, seven assists. And uh, yeah, and Will Barden, obviously, with his zero point game. So there was a lot of people we kept quiet. We kept their stars really quiet. And I think that was the determining factor. Yeah, I think I might have jinxed it because I was watching that game and I was thinking, you know, at the start, Cal didn't put up the best numbers, but at the start, he was very aggressive, trying to rebound the ball, make hustle plays, get show up in other places on the stat sheet. And I thought, okay, he's really trying to work here to not get traded or show off his value, one of the two. Same thing with Norm. He was shooting great. I'm like, either A, he doesn't want to get traded, or B, he's showing how good he, how valuable he is if he's going to get picked up by the team. And then you got guys like Siakam, who's pissed off at Nick Nurse for not getting the minutes against the Cleveland game, who had a great performance. Uh, and then Paul Watson, who wanted to prove himself off the bench, get his minutes. Bembry, who's been benched the past couple of games, stepping up and playing great. Everyone kind of had a little bit of a vendetta this game, something to go, something to play for, and it helped us play good. All right, and now moving on to the Suns game. So now this is post-trade. Uh, we lost this one 104-100. And, uh, you know, for some reason I didn't feel too sorry about this loss. This is the first game with our new players, uh, top second in the West right now, Phoenix Suns. Um, 
they're obviously a strong team. We knew that going into this, and it was very close near the very to the very end. Um, we were kind of in it the entire game. It was just neck and neck. We were never really too far, maybe at most like a 10-point distance. Um, and our team, Siakam, had 26 points, 11 boards, 6 assists, 8 for 17, shooting a steal in the block. He always comes to eat against the Phoenix Suns, so it was good that he stepped up and kind of built off the momentum of last game. I thought OG played pretty well again, 15 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, 5 for 12 shooting. Fred, 22 points, also came out really strong at the start, 4 boards, 3 assists, 8 for 18 shooting. Uh, and then Trent only had 8 points, 4 for 11 shooting and a steal. And then Kyle, 11, 5, and 6, 4 for 12 shooting. Uh, pretty much not as much production off the bench. Hood, 2 points. Uh, Bain, 6. Flynn, 5. Boucher, 5. And Boucher only played 11 minutes. That was one thing that I thought kind of changed the dynamic of this game. He's been used to getting high-volume minutes, and he got nothing this game. Didn't really build up too much. And uh, I don't know. It was just a close game, and we lost it. I don't see too much about this one, in my opinion. I kind of had a feeling we are going to lose. Phoenix is a good team. And we put in a good fight. At least we know that we can kind of play around with the top dogs. It's just sad that we didn't pull out with a win, right? Yeah, and this is what I don't understand about Nick Nurse, Gabe, is is with the Chris Boucher situation. Why is he getting deducted minutes? He's the guy that's really been putting an impact off the bench game in, game out. And I really feel it's not fair to him to get that deduction of minutes. Uh, Paul Watson and Bembry didn't play, and I also didn't understand that. And we give Hood 18 minutes as our sixth man, uh, a, a new guy, a veteran, and uh, averaging four points in the season, right? So, we're, like, how do you expect him to to give us that bench scoring? I, I just I don't I don't get the the logic here from Nick Nurse and and Baines. He got the minutes. He I thought did decent. Flynn, we're we're starting to see a little bit more confidence, Gabe. And I think yep. you've seen it too in the pick and roll. He's starting to to handle the ball more. Uh, he's starting to shoot more. Uh, taking his open shots and, and not be so vanilla. Uh, m- make some good plays off the pick and roll. So I think it's coming together for him. And, yeah, I think Trent, it was a tough first game. I think he was really feeling out the offense. He didn't uh, really know which shots to take and which ones to not. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll he'll find his uh, his rhythm soon. I'm not expecting too much, like I said before, from him. I'm just expecting him to hit his open shots, play good defense, and, and that's what I'm happy with. Yeah, like you said, Flynn, great step up. I think he's getting more comfortable with the team more minutes uh it's been a couple games now he's been getting his fair share of minutes i think it's been getting him a little more relaxed possibly with trade deadline passing as well he's no he knows he's not getting moved other guys have been dropped like td and matt thomas so maybe that gives him an opportunity to be okay now i'm I'm in the clear let me play strong uh i'm surprised watson didn't play because of the production the past couple of games especially last game uh, and then I guess maybe to get the, the new players some minutes, that was the reasoning. But we didn't really see Boucher is one thing. Like I said, I think I, we should have seen more out of him. Him and Baines, they both played pretty good. Aiden's a, a strong big man. I feel like he was dominant at times, and we really needed to switch it up. Uh, in terms of our players, Trent and, and Hood. Hood, I know that I don't expect the much most out of him. Uh, we saw him play kind of just on the floor, kind of just is there. Bigger defender, just filling a spot. He didn't shoot too much. He kind of just roams around, uh, doesn't get himself as involved. He's having his worst season of his career, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not expecting much out of him. Uh, I don't really know how we were going to use him, to be honest. Because in my opinion, I think Trent is a solid six-man. Him starting at the three, he's undersized. He's playing with big boys, and he's the last option. He's got Fred, Kyle, Pascal. They all want the ball, and now OG is going to want more of the touches because there's no more Norman Powell. And we saw the past two games, he's been aggressive offensively. So I think 
using Trent here as the last option catch and shoot player, that's not what he is. We've had uh, on the podcast, we have some team members that reached out to some Portland fans and um, they've said that when, after watching the Phoenix game, they said that we used them all wrong. We said that he said that he needs to get touches on the ball. He needs to have the ball in his hands. He's not one of those guys where you can just hit him open shots like and he shoots every like three or four minutes, five minutes. You got to give him active touches and he likes having the ball in his hands like when he took those pull up jumpers. So I think what's perfect for him is being the sixth man on this team, leading the bench unit, bench unit ball in his hands, let him create. And he, we know he can shoot off the dribble uh, and be creative shot creator. Uh, I think that that's where he will excel at best is being the sixth man, leading the bench unit, getting his touches, no pressure. And Kyle, we've seen that Kyle comes off early and then plays on the bench as the bench point guard. That can still work. Just have him what he does with Fred, where he stays off ball and let the ball be in Trent's hands. And I think that would be best for this team. What that means for the starting lineup, either maybe Baines or Boucher starting, maybe even Rodney Hood to just fill the spot to be a, a bigger defender, six eight on the court. That, that's what I think. As long as Trent's that six man, I think that's where the success lies. My opinion, I really agree with the Trent uh, being on the bench. Uh, I think that he would work well, honestly, with Hood off the bench, kind of coming into the new team, kind of adjusting to the team together, kind of learning the plays, and they already know each other's play style, so I'm sure putting them together might not be a bad option. I think putting them and then adding in a Chris Boucher into the starting lineup, I think yeah. I think that, that would be the that would be the play here. I just it's it's so hard. It's so hard for Nick Nurse every game because there's there's no dominant center that you can just start every game and just yeah. that can that can be dominant, uh, clean the def- the defensive glass. And it's and it's it's just hard. It's Siakam, no he can do his best. He can do his best, and he can get his rebounds, but he's still not going to be as consistent as a center would be. And it's just it's tough every game. Not that I don't really want this. You know, I don't like fully want this, but I think the realistic option is putting Baines back at the starting center. He's the big body you need to set the screens and stuff, kind of get rebounds. We know Pascal has taken a big leap in rebounding. He likes to rebound the ball. So if even if Baines is boxing and Pascal is grabbing boards. Um, being this comfortable, being that last option. Out of the four guys, now OG gets more touches. They're going to want the ball. They're going to be taking shots. Baines, his job is to just seal that lineup up, do his job defensively, make a couple putbacks. That's it. I think that is a solid enough starting lineup. And then looking at that bench unit, Trent being the creator he is, working with Rodney Hood, his teammate, Chris Boucher, who's going to get a lot more touches off the bench unit like that, and will also score the ball well them three together, and then you have the two filler players that are now playing off ball of them, I feel like that would drive the most success for this team. I just really believe in the Trent Six, man. Like having him the role that Freddie kind of did against when we are having the championship year, the creator off the bench, the scorer, I think that's his best. uh, That's where he needs to be played in order to find success, and I feel like that's probably the best option for the team. And then in terms of Norman Powell, um, him playing with Portland, I think he's going to take a step down in terms of numbers because now he's playing with two ball-dominant and score-first point guards and CJ McCollum and, and Dame. If he keeps starting at the three, uh, then I think that that's what's going to happen. And if he goes back to the bench role, he might have the same thing as Trent, more step-up in numbers leading the bench unit. I just know that I think he might be tired of being a bench player, so uh, I think he'll want to start, but I think that... And I wish him the best of luck. He'll still score great. I just think that he's not going to get as much touches or the proper setups that he usually would with us uh, playing on their team. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. But I do think one thing that he will be more efficient, uh, get, getting looks from guys like CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, 
and kind of getting passes from those guys, I feel like he he's going to just be able to just be focused on scoring the ball. He doesn't really have to play make like he did in Toronto in, in these later stages of the season. He was trying to play make, trying to set other guys up as well as score. So now he can just really just focus on scoring, do his job, just focus on his man defensively. And then that, I think that's the key for Norman Powell in getting his greatest performance. I guess the, the flip side, I guess, is that CJ and Dame are two all-stars. They're going to draw a lot of attention. So Dame, the guy that can pull up from anywhere, can shoot from half court. He'll get doubled at times, and that can leave Norman open. I think he might be able to find his his scoring outbursts like that, open shots, open uh, backdoor cuts, stuff like that. All right, that's pretty much it. We hope you all enjoyed. As always, please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Raps for NBA News, Raptors content. Leave your comments down below. Uh, yeah, you know, sad to see Norman Powell go. We're all heartbroken here. He's been a loyal uh, Raptor and he's been fantastic throughout his career. So many highlight plays, highlight moments. Uh, very skilled young man and I know he's going to do great things in this league. Uh, Gary Trent, Rodney Hood, welcome to the team. Welcome aboard, you know, get ready. Suit up, play your hardest game in and game out, and hopefully we can build you guys up and have a good future with you both. All right, we hope you all enjoyed. That's us signing out. Peace. Peace.